breakfast. Hey, it was 139 years ago today that Clara Barton founded the American Red Cross. Actually, she called it the American Association of the Red Cross, and they changed the name a little bit later on. But you know, it's there to, to help people. And we have someone here who's helping people as well, too. State Senator Diana DeZaglio. And uh, Diana, good morning to you. Good morning, Wynn. Good morning, everyone. It is a beautiful, sunny day outside. And great to be on WHAV. Thanks for having me. Oh, my my pleasure to have you. And uh, and thank you for uh, all the things that, you, that you're doing, especially for small businesses. I, You know, you're in the news today on, on WHAV and plastered all over WHAV.net about your uh, Massachusetts Paycheck Protection uh, Program. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about that? I know you've talked to us about it before, but tell us again. Well, thanks so much, Wynn. Yes, um, I did file that bill, and I, I appreciate, um, you know, the fact that it is being put out there so I can get some feedback from residents about, uh, you know, the bill and, and ways to improve it and move it through the, the process, hopefully quickly here in Massachusetts. Um, but first, I just do want to make sure that I take a moment just to say thank you to anybody that's listening today who is a first responder, who is a healthcare worker, who is a you know, public safety worker, um, anybody who's on, anybody who's on the front lines right now and, uh, you know, working to address issues pertaining to this crisis, all of the volunteers and the nonprofit organizations um, and those in the community who have been working to assist others during this crisis. I just want to say thank you. We honor you. Uh, we love you. We thank you. And I just I think that's it's really important just to start with that. So thank you. Um, in the legislature right now, we have been working on various various issues uh, to address the, the pandemic. And I have been assigned in my role as the small business chair for the state senate uh, to the economic impact working group. And I serve on that economic impact working group with about six or seven other state senators along with their staff. And we have been um, working in coordination with each other to come up with, you know, different ways that we can help to fill some of the gaps left at the federal level um, and just to address the different concerns that are raised to us by constituents who reach out to us and highlight some of the different challenges that they've been having specific to uh, business-related issues, employee-related issues, unemployment related issues, for example. And uh, one of the things that was highlighted to me by our local small business community and actually by our chambers of commerce that I was able to work on with this economic impact group was the issue of uh, missed loan opportunities and missed grant opportunities for some of our smaller mom-and-pop shops locally in Haverhill, in the Thuin, and all across the Merrimack Valley. Uh, what was happening is some of these small businesses were applying for the federal PPP loan to grant program, for example, but they were finding out that they were ineligible and that they didn't meet certain criteria to be able to access those loans or those grants. And, um, you know, some of these small businesses have been deemed essential, as we know, but some of them have been deemed non-essential. So they're not able to do business. Um, they're losing revenue every single week, and you know, certainly we understand the need, you know, first and foremost to maintain public health and public safety, 
But we have to make sure that we're also thinking about the fact that these are our local neighbor, neighbors who are running these small businesses as their livelihood. It's their main source of income. Um, it's the corner store. It's the pizza shop. It's the, the small retailer, you know, that, that one of our neighbors is, is running day-to-day in their family-owned business. And they've been shut down and unable to get any source of revenue during this very trying time. And then they find out that they're not able to access any of the federal loans or grant opportunities for whatever reason. Um, so I was being contacted by these local small business owners and others and decided that, you know, we should try to resolve this issue at the state level. So I did file a bill to create a Massachusetts version of the Paycheck Protection Program that's available at the federal level. Um, the bill did have a hearing recently. I chaired the hearing. It was a virtual hearing online. We had a lot of local participation in that hearing one. It was great that so many people uh, were able to get online, and they stayed the course. It was a couple of hours, and they stayed online, stayed at their laptops, you know, needed to give their testimony, and they spoke on behalf of this very important piece of legislation. And some of the people that actually ended up speaking were our local chambers of commerce. Um, we actually had Dugan Sherwood from the Greater Haverhill Chamber of Commerce get on the virtual hearing, and he spoke about two things. He spoke about the Mass Makers Bill, which you've heard me speak about previously, which I also filed, and then he spoke about the PPP bill. Um, and I think he was able to speak to it you know, more even from a personal perspective, um, he was advocating on behalf of our local business community, but he was also advocating on behalf of the Chamber of Commerce, which is a 501c6, and which is one of the entities that doesn't qualify for any of these federal loan or grant opportunities. He had actually contacted me and said, you know, hey, Diana, look, we, we tried to apply for this. We went through the process. You know, we were getting excited that maybe we were going to have a little bit, you know, of assistance here to make it through this difficult time. And then we got through the process and we were told, look, you don't qualify. Um, you know, for that to happen to the local chamber of commerce, which is an entity that actually provides resources to all of these local mom and pop shops and brings them together and assists them, you know, um, that's very problematic. These, these, small businesses need that assistance from these local organizations. So what's happening to our local small businesses, it's happening to our chambers of commerce, and the committee heard loud and clear the message that was being sent to us uh, from from these local small businesses, and they did vote uh, to, I was very grateful, they did vote to advance the bill out of committee. Um, our local Merrimack Valley delegation actually um we, we, we have a lot of members of our local Merrimack Valley delegation, I should say, on the Small Business Committee. I'm very uh, blessed that we have Representative Andy Vargas on the committee and Representative Christina Minicucci on the committee and Representative Lenny Mira on the committee, for example. Uh, we also have Representative Marco Tevers from Mars. But if you notice, I just named three out of the four state representatives for Haverhill that serve on the Small Business Committee. So uh, that was tremendously helpful in, you know, ensuring that we were able to move this bill out more quickly because they were hearing the same things that I was hearing because we serve the same constituency. Um, so they were all supportive 
of the effort, and I was very grateful to them for the teamwork and collaboration um, in working with those House members to get this Senate bill out. And we reported the bill out. The bill went back to the Senate. It is sitting in the Senate right now uh, on its way to Ways and Means, hopefully, the Ways and Means Committee, uh, to do a cost analysis uh, or a financial impact study on it to see, you know, how much this would cost, uh, what the state's able to do. Because as you know, we've already been tapping into our stabilization fund and, you know, we need to make sure that there's a, an appropriate financial impact study on this before implementing it um, to see what's feasible. But I do think it's something that um, does need to get done in whatever way we're able to do it, especially since many of our local small businesses do remain shut down. And in the new plan that was just rolled out by Governor Baker and his administration, um, you know, they rolled out a plan. And, and just an FYI, the legislature uh, was not able to be part of that discussion before they did roll out this plan. We asked for a seat. We were not given a seat. Um, so we didn't get to participate in um, actually uh, working on the, the, the phased plan that he had rolled out for our, our business community. But they did roll out that plan, and once they rolled it out, um, it gave us a little bit more insight into the fact that some of these businesses are going to take a lot longer to uh, reopen than some others, according to Baker's plan. So um, we do still need this, and I'm hopeful that my colleagues on the Ways and Means Committee um, will report this bill out favorably so that we can take a vote on the Senate floor and hopefully get some much-needed assistance to these local mom-and-pop shops in our community who, you know, through no fault of their own, have been completely shut down and unable to take in revenue. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll keep fighting. But I'm very thankful to everybody who contacted me about that locally and raised awareness about some of the gaps that were taking place in the federal program. And I also just want to say, too, there have been some issues with the federal PPP program that, you know, even though it may have been well-intentioned when they implemented it, that there have been some issues and challenges that they've found out. Um, some employees, for example, or some employers, for example, are finding out that once they take out a loan that they think they're going to be able to convert into a grant, um, they find that they can't meet certain criteria like bringing back employees um, because many employees are making an extra $600 right now through unemployment, and some of them are making more than what they would make if they went back to work. And one of the requirements to get a grant opportunity through the PPP is that you bring back all of your employees to pre-COVID levels. Um, so these small businesses are facing challenges across the board, again, through no fault of their own. And I think the state has a role to play here. I think that we need to step up to the plate and we need to do every single thing we can to assist these, these businesses to get through these, these trying times. These are the people that employ our neighbors. They're job creators. They are the, the ones that are, you know, driving our local economy. And um, so we need to support them. Uh, certainly. Yeah, it's it's never easy. And uh, and I, hopefully that the uh, the bill gets approved sooner rather than later because if you're if you're out of money you're out of money and you and you need help right away. Right, right. So we are pushing to get that bill through 
And I have had people call when and say, you know, well, why don't you just reopen these businesses instead of, you know, spending state dollars to assist, so on and so forth. And I would just say, look, this is a time when the governor's administration has a lot of unilateral authority and the legislature is trying to work within the scope of that authority. Um, it's not a situation where we have even been able to participate in those discussions necessarily. Like I just said, you know, when this phased plan was just rolled out by the lieutenant governor and the secretary of economic development alongside the governor, those conversations on the advisory board were being had with not one legislative representative being able to speak during those meetings. We were able to listen, but we were not allowed to speak and give input. And we represent all of you at the local level. So that was very concerning to me. And I'm going to be pushing for the legislature to be able to have more of a voice moving forward. We know that emergency situations do call for a season where, yes, executive orders are necessary. But if we're going to continue with this month-long process and be getting into, you know, potentially the half, you know, half a year mark of, of legislation needing to be worked on and passed, certainly if the administration can be working on a proposal for several weeks and take that time to form an advisory board and a task force to be able to, you know, analyze policy and come up with a plan, certainly the legislature who was elected by the, our local communities and all of you should be able to participate in that discussion. That's not something that's, you know, being done overnight, um, you know, in some sort of an emergency order that's being done. That's something that's being worked on for several weeks. And the legislature does need to have a seat on, on, on these, um, these boards moving forward and have a, a bigger voice. But I think, you know, for, the, for, the, for what it is, where the governor does have this executive authority to be able to sort of roll out his plans without input from the legislature. Like I said, we are working within those bounds and within the scope of that executive authority and all of that unilateral power. And we're doing what we can under this emergency order. And what we can do is continue to fight for our local businesses based on the decisions that he makes on how long the shutdown will be, what the shutdown will look like, and what the reopening plan will be. All right. Well, uh, Diana, I want to thank you for that, and thank you for the insight on that, where he didn't, didn't uh, allowing input from the uh, from the legislature. That seems that seems very strange, but uh, you know, uh, lots of strange things have been happening lately. Stranger things. <laughs> My favorite show on Netflix. Oh, <laughs> a little bit in my personal life. <laughs> which, which you've been watching during your lockdown time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. All right. Well, Wynn, thank you so much. I appreciate all that you do. Thanks for keeping the residents informed. And again, I do want to just say I am available to uh, chat with anybody who has concerns, comments, questions. If you want to share your challenges or share your successes please feel free to give me a call. My local number here is 978-984-7747. And my email is diana.dizoglio at masenate.gov. You can also follow me on Twitter or uh, friend me on Facebook. I know that a lot of people right now might not uh, have normally used social media in the past, but it's become a really helpful tool 
during this time when we can't have the face-to-face interactions as much. So um, stay informed, sign up for our e-newsletter if you want, and we'll keep you posted about everything that's going on at the State House. And I'd love to hear from you. And I hope everyone has a great day and enjoy the sunshine. All right. Hey, you too. And thank you for everything that you do. And we'll uh, get you on before you know it again. Okay. Thanks, Wynn. You bet. State Senator Diana DeZoglio, our guest this morning here on The Wave, 97.9 WHAV-FM. Wake up with Wynn Damon weekdays from 6 to 9 a.m. on 97.9 FM WHAV.